0: Friends, welcome to episode 242 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing okay. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the holiday season. There's lots of stuff to do. I'm still working.
0: (sighs) You know, I find my holiday season freed up when I stop talking to my family. Yeah, I could understand that. Yeah, there's that.
1: There's that, there's that. But,
0: uh, you know, happy Yule to
1: everybody out there. Yeah, right? yeah. Actually, that's the reason why I threw on the pre-music of uh, Yule this time. Yeah. So, because
0: it's, it's a little festive. It's not like, it's not direct music, but it's it's festive enough. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's got Win- that. Winter officially coming in, the longest night of the year. May you all find some light and some warmth on the longest night. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you know Also, I was thinking, too, I was doing that intro. This is 242. We have never, like, changed our intro music. No. We've never changed our intro, like, text, Mm -mm. you know. It's been been the same this entire time. Mm -hmm. Almost five years, man. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, just to get it out of the way so everybody remembers what we'll say at the beginning and the end, uh, next week's show is our last show of 2023. Yeah, uh, year-end show. We always, uh, for those who are new listeners uh, who might be in the Discord as well, or if you're interested in joining the Discord, uh, our last at the end of the year show, we always open up our live show chat to everyone. So it will be available to anyone, uh, uh, any of our listeners on our Discord. Uh, you don't have to be part of the Patreon to be part of that, and that way you can join in and uh, and ha- be part of the conversation, talk with us about some of the stuff over the year, and just generally gab with us. At the... Yeah,
0: you don't you don't have to you don't even have to stay on the Discord if you don't want. But uh, if you ever you ever had an inkling to talk with the storytellers here on the podcast, uh, go ahead and join join Discord uh, and join the live chat, and we'll be there on. Uh... Next Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I also tend to do something, some random things, like in the past years, I've, I've given out free game codes mm-hmm. to different things, because I have a humble bundle full of games. You do. Uh, way, way too many damn games, uh, and uh, I've also somehow gotten my hands on uh, some possible drive through RPG stuff as well, mm-hmm. uh, that I might be, uh, might be inclined to give away for those people who are interested in it, uh, just to get people going i i also have numenera boxes i have starter kits uh that if people are interested in and on the discord uh and would like one shipped to them i can negotiate that as well but we will you have to be on the show on the live chat to be part of that yep uh just because we we want to know you're out there and we want to talk with you guys like yeah
0: we'd love we'd love to hear from you yeah
1: we we have tons of listeners we just don't always hear from them we understand that like some of it is just like you're like us in many ways that like you know you're introverted. You, you have your little <laughs> groups. You don't go beyond those groups, and we respect
0: that. We do. We like, do. I told my sister the other day. She was like, "She was like, when are you and Sean coming over for uh, for dinner?" And I'm like, "Okay, I need you to understand." To paraphrase Sir Isaac Newton: An object at rest tends to stay at home and watch Netflix <laughs> unless acted upon by an outside dinner a dinner invitation. So uh, that's where it starts.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. And even that's iffy, I would say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: But yeah, if you uh,
1: if you can make it, we'd love to have you stop by the show next Wednesday uh, at this time, and uh, yeah, jo- join us so we could. Uh, we'd love to. We'd love to have you around. And if you're in the Discord, uh, I I think you can send out. You can share our Discord as an invite. Uh,
0: by all means, like invite some friends. Yeah, we'd absolutely. Love, we would love to have people on the show. Knocks in the box in our current live chat is also inviting people to come and hang out with them. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Please. Please. Um. So that being said, um. We have uh, a show on stealth.
0: Yeah, tonight's show is a stealth kind show. Of. So we're going to just... Ah, you, yeah. didn't, you didn't hear us, did you? Yeah. So that's because we were stealth. That's right. Huh? It's a very good show. We're very good at it. Yes, yeah, so
1: that was the show. Right. Nice
0: um, <laughs>
1: no, I, it, one of the things about this was is that I actually... we had We have talked about stealth in stealthy ways. <laughs> so much so that I had to go back and look to see where we've talked about stealth. And it's really only three episodes, and even in those episodes, it wasn't very
0: heavy. It, wasn't it was like very much, yeah. we just kind of glazed it lightly. We've you gone know, 242 episodes without talking about a, a, arguably a fundamental, you know, pillar of some character design. You know, Yeah. I mean, we're looking at like the the D and D, you know, as as the the flagship uh, RPG out there. Yeah, you know, and the, I mean, what is the quintessential essence of a rogue? Yeah, you know? well, yeah one in six characters is a rogue. Yeah, exactly, some kind. Um, and then you got rangers who have the ability to like hide in plain mm-hmm. sight and stuff. Like this, so they're like diet rogues in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's there's, there's a, like stealth is a pretty fundamental pillar, and we really haven't talked about it.
1: Yeah, and, and stealth isn't just. For rogues, I'm going to straight that right out, like, ambushes are a thing, both detecting them and
0: making them, mm-hmm. you
1: know, and that that comes as part of
0: stealth. Uh, so. Nox, Nox is in the live chat implying that the stealth talk was actually there the whole time, it was just hidden really well.
1: <laughs> that is fair, that is fair. And in, in
0: fact, it, it did take me a little bit to find on the episode, so <laughs> I,
1: I will say we did it maybe a little too well. So, when we're talking about what this show is going to be, we're talking about, effectively, that... We're we're talking about characters that are attempting to sneak, that they're trying not to be caught, maybe they're trying to steal something, destroy
0: something, but either way, they don't want to be noticed or recognized doing it. Yeah, and I mean, oftentimes in role-playing games, this is going to play out, you know, is like everyone makes a stealth check, someone inevitably fails that stealth check, enemies and guards spot you, now it's a combat scene, mm-hmm. you know, um... And we want to give you some options because yeah. honestly, I think that's pretty plain Jane. I mean, it's one way you can handle it, sure, but uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's realistic, and I don't think it's fun. And yeah. I think, uh, I think we sh- we should talk about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I'm. I'll start by saying this is that um, the go-to that most people look at um, because it is the most prominent, recognized uh, in the in in TTRPGs is is effectively D and D's almost a uh, blanket way of handling any skill check that's not mm-hmm. combat. Uh and that is just roll for stealth, you are hidden. That's it. Yeah, you'll either pass or you'll fail. Right. Then and it doesn't really even talk about what that stealth roll means. It it basically just equates to whether or not you are combat viable or not. Mhm. That's it. Like, yeah. are you a target? No. Okay. Then they can't target you because you are hidden You're from your stealth check. Effectively invisible, yeah. Right. And that right there presents kind of a black and white design. Sure. Stepping away from that, because we are not board game, tabletop podcast. (laughs) We are Storyteller Conclave. I did a little bit of digging. I wanted to see what people on the net had talked about when they're talking about good stealth games. I wanted to look and see what systems had good mechanics for stealth, and you found
0: a whole new game we yes. had never heard of, and almost turned this into a system spotlight yes. for this game. I <laughs> you nearly... were so impressed by it. I was,
1: I was impressed by it, and the thing was, is I didn't even look at it for its hard mechanics, mm-hmm. for its stuff, because it's a very narrative game, and that is Black Seven. Now, mm-hmm. if you're unfamiliar with Black Seven, I will be throwing a link into the Discord soon enough. Uh, Sarah, if you want to actually toss it in, that'd actually be really helpful. It's the the one that's there because um, it out how is. To do it Let's see it is very available. Um, but I looked at it from a very you know five thousand foot overview because I wanted to look at how the rules taught me to run stealth because that is what it's talking about. Um, Black Seven, you are a group of uh, effectively um, espionage people doing you know stealthful activities it's it's almost blades in the dark um but specifically for uh doing stealthful amb- uh, espionage um and they broke things down in a really amazingly simplistic way and i i almost attribute it to being much like brindlewood bay handles mysteries right it gives right. you a different perspective and reminds you of things that probably are necessary. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that they had is and, and this was big was threat is what they uh, they have that leads to being noticed. Okay? And noticed is the problem. That is what you're avoiding. It's not death of your character. It's nothing because once you are noticed, things change yep. dramatically not just for what you're acting on but everything that follows after that even when you're done cuz the last thing you want to do is be recognized mm-hmm. that'll that'll last a lot longer than that one action that you were involved in
0: yeah it's so, it's, it's one thing to get out to get out you know uh, uh relatively unharmed but like when the the guy sends his goons to your house exactly
1: like, when you see it in the movies of, like, oh, you know, you, you broke into my facility and, and beat up my guys, I could see that, but then you stole something from me.
0: And I took that personally, Mr. Right. Bond.
1: And it's like, oh, Bond got recognized. Yeah. That's just, you know, now MI6 is in trouble, Bond is in trouble, like, the whole situation becomes something different because mm-hmm. it's personal. So, the next step behind that is how they broke down the actual uh presentation with something that they used as m- what they called milestones, which is using a method and an objective. Each milestone has a method, whether it's a st- extract, like kidnap, recovery, or stealth, sabotage, which is assassinate, infect, or redirect, or trace, which is like hacking or locate or shadow. So you have the one of these methods, this extract, sabotage, or trace, and then an objective, which is just a noun. Is it, is it, are you extracting a thing? Are you sabotaging a person? Are mm-hmm. you you know, tracing for information? You know, all of those are easy things. But it's always simply presented because the players need to know this. Yeah. Their yeah. characters have discovered this.
0: Simply put, easily well I say easily achievable, but like like straightforward, easily understood tasks. Yeah. Do um, this, then this, get this. And then it breaks down
1: those methods a little bit and like for instance, and I'm not going to go into heavy detail on this, but like trace starts with you being exposed Mm -hmm. and you're having to keep that down. You're, you're tailing somebody, right? You're whether it's digitally or physically, like I'm following them down the street, right? Or in a car, I need to basically make it seem as if I'm not doing that Mm -hmm. to reduce the threat that they think I am. Sure. And to recognize me in doing that. The last thing that I thought was really neat was their way of using static targets, um, and that was really just a way to identify what what objectives are required
0: right 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 that
1: they have to take care of to achieve the goal
0: what are the major goals what are the major obstacles to those goals and everything how they everything else is window dressing right and I, I just thought that that was a really
1: concise way. Mm-hmm. Of defining the ob- the things that are necessary. Yes, and and yes. I loved it. I thought it was great. I I highly recommend anybody who's even looking at it going into
0: other games. Go grab the PDF or give it a read. You'll,
1: yes, you're gonna learn. You're gonna pick up a lot from it. Uh, We're gonna break this down a little
0: later. Though. I I posted a link to it in the general chat of our Discord. Thank you. So that Thank it's you. there for everybody. Yeah. So uh, Pathfinder also has some additional
1: rules that kind of D and D doesn't touch into because they step into an understanding much like the the other game of what it means to be seen or noticed and that is having different grades of that from everything from observed hidden undetected unnoticed instead of just i make a stealth roll and now i'm invisible mm-hmm. like there are there are other things there there are grades of of things that can go on in there um fate handles things because of uh the way fate handles um aspects is that it in a yes. scene yeah, um nice. Is that when you're dealing with a scene, sneaking is not just about using your abilities within a space, but also using the space. Mm -hmm. So there, you know,
0: cutting power is an aspect. It'll affect things. It'll turn off lights. Now there there is darkness. Right. You know, now the cameras aren't working. Exactly. Uh, You know, using things like cover, like uh, uh, heavily obscured is an aspect, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it redefines how you look at
1: a particular scene and whether or not sneaking, where you're basically just trying to throw things, you're trying to throw advantages for yourself out there Mm -hmm. so that people don't find you, versus hiding from someone, which is an active thing, right? Yeah. Whether I throw a box over the top of myself, you know. (laughs) Just a box. (laughs) Yes. Um but the whole idea is is that you you can you can add aspects to the scene as the player you get that right. Yeah, sure. And that changes the whole scape mm-hmm. uh, of what's going on.
0: It's 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 an interesting way of looking at it from from like you you've got your your D&D bog standard where it's like I'm going to roll stealth somebody else is going to roll perception and whichever one's higher wins that contest, you know. Yeah. And it's done that way in a lot of games, you Very know. Much so. I mean, so, so, uh Stealth versus notice Mm -hmm. in in Savage Worlds. I mean, Mm -hmm. you still have to get above a four to be able to, you know, do your respective action. Mm -hmm. But after, if if both people get above a four, it's then contested against one another to see who got higher. Right. But it's interesting thinking, you know, from, from the fate perspective, where rather than just I'm going to try to roll the most, you know, obnoxiously high stealth check I can, you create a bunch of aspects where it's like you've got... You know, you create, you create advantages, mm-hmm. or I should say disadvantages, yep. for the person trying to spot you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to use the cover. I'm going to create an advantage
1: mm-hmm.
0: using the cover. So I'm going to be heavily obscured, okay? I'm now going to create another advantage, and that's going to be, you know, co- covered in shadows. Mm-hmm. I'm now going to create another advantage, which is going to be, like, uh, distracting noise, mm-hmm. you know, by throwing a pebble across the room mm-hmm. or something like that. And now that guy needs to make his notice roll. Not against your really high stealth, but you've stacked so many disadvantages against him that he's going to be like minus six to making that roll. Exactly. You know,
1: and and that's that's the point is is that there are other things you can do, and these other systems don't necessarily you don't have to steal the mechanics, but you're stealing the idea, yeah, of 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 the base tool set that's there of of the narrativeness. Um, Blades in the Dark. Forge in the Dark, um, we kinda learned about how it sets things in motion from, you know, planning, determining position, diversions, things like that. Oh
0: yeah. I'd say they were a regular part of the conversation.
1: Yeah, but uh flashbacks came back into frame there. That's the big one that I think you pull we pull out of that and they used it as a method to help from analysis paralysis. Yeah. You know, just yeah, jump yeah. right into the the story. Um but I almost feel that it is it is another tool set that can be employed by the storyteller to allow for uh adjusting difficulty almost mm-hmm. you know where it's okay how do you wanna you know how do you know now that you're in a, a pickle how are you gonna handle this um I've already prepared for this and I have a business card okay let's see what that let's see how you made that business card and how effective it is mm-hmm. So there. Now, now you can do a flashback scene of forging a business card that would allow you to get through. Like, oh, I'm actually part of IT. Right, right, you right. Know, yeah. You know, I'm I'm the new I'm the new uh, uh, assistant director to IT. Oh, I apologize. I didn't realize you were coming through. I'm just doing an audit. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a thing. Um. So those kind of situations can adjust. Even in another game, can af- adjust the threshold of what's going on, at a cost. Of some kind, so so now they know you're there, mm-hmm. right? Not yeah. You didn't you 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 failed your you know whatever, so that you became your your are now rec- you're now noticed. But the question is, is are you recognized? Mm-hmm. You're risking that being recognized. Yeah, yeah. To do that, so one of the things that we when we were going back and forth about this when we talked about flashbacks is that you didn't necessarily like an aspect of it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, flashbacks. Uh, we we talk. We, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh the, the the game mechanic swap meet, you know, um, and we've talked a lot about how flashbacks are a very portable mechanic and stuff like that, and they do solve a very um prevalent problem, I would say, in tabletop gaming, mm-hmm. especially when you come when it comes to like stealth, heist, infiltration sort of scenes like this, you know, mm-hmm. where you want everything kind of has to go off without a hitch because we always expect that like we've got, uh, uh, what is it? Ya- Yahtzee calls it the cascade of cockups. Yes, um, where you know one one guard sees you, and then you've got to do something about that. And of course, then I, every single guard in the entire world is alerted to your presence. Right.
1: You go from a threat level of one to five
0: to instantly, instantaneously, you know? right? And and now, what you tried to be a very gentle stealth scene, trying to play non lethal, trying mm-hmm. to just infiltrate. Now you have to murder literally everybody in the room because you can't have any witnesses. Yeah. You know. Um. And uh, I, I th- flashbacks are there to solve that sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. because because what we do to combat that, why we have these so long planning sessions, is p- players are going to fear the unknown, mm-hmm. right, and they want to be prepared for it. The problem is the GM doesn't tell them what to expect, Mm-mm. okay, and so they're going to plan for everything because mm-hmm. literally anything could be on the other side of that door, mm-hmm. right. And if this has to go off without a hitch, well, then we'd better plan for all of that. But if we don't know what we're planning for, we are just sitting here dealing in hypotheticals for the next two hours. Half of our discussion may not even be relevant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And things can go off the rail. I mean, I've seen it happen at my own table several times. Things can go off the rails pretty quickly. And then there are certain players at your tables who are going to be like, you know what? Uh, I don't, like you guys seem really into this whole planning thing. I think we should just kick down the door, you know, yeah. like we could have solved this 20 minutes ago, or as uh, one of my players so succinctly said, you guys spent a half hour discussing this or, or uh, um, an hour and a half discussing this when you know, the moment we all walk through the door, the entire plan's going to fall apart,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yep. So why not just kick down the door and deal with whatever's in there? Right.
1: And I think the other thing is, is that not at our tables, but oftentimes, uh, players see the gm as adversarial and sometimes they just straight up are absolutely so discussing your plan in front of the gm is just a terrible idea
0: because oh, you're giving away your plan and now you can't outsmart them you know because they know that you're going to do this so now in their mind they're going how do i counter that you know and i get it because there's there's a even if you're not like thinking of yourself as adversarial even if you don't look in the mirror and think to yourself i'm one of those dms that like wants to kill my players mm-hmm. right what we're all thinking is, I want this to be a challenge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if they use good planning and they circumvent all of the problems, it won't be a challenge. And if it's not a challenge, it's not going to be fun for them. Or I didn't do it right. Yeah, I I remember those feelings. I I've had those feelings as as recently as like last game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you 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 can't always run all of your encounters off of gotchas. No. You know? And in it, fact,
1: I dare say you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And that's the thing, is that I think one of the best things that that all of this comes to the point is that the players need the information. Yeah. That
0: is fine. And it's okay to let your players feel competent and prepared. Yeah. If they are competent and mm-hmm. they are prepared, they should succeed. Yeah, You shouldn't, it sounds like it's more dramatic. Like, on paper, it sounds like it's more dramatic to be like, ah, they didn't account for this. Twist ending. But, well, OSR teaches us room to room. Yeah. When
1: But the, the key is is that if each room is its own encounter, when you walk in the room, you see the encounter laid before you. Not mm-hmm. everything is a trap room. Yeah. Sometimes it is just a bunch of goblins standing there with bows. Yeah. Okay, that's it right and the thing is is that a stealth mission by defined isn't a trap room that is a single thing yeah that exactly. is a challenge exactly if indiana jones had 19 traps to go through but he didn't know anything about anything going in there the movie would stink
0: it would be a far shorter movie because he wouldn't know about the first trap and it would hit him and then he would die, you know. But he goes in there, no, with, with a fully researched journal and yeah. detailed outlines of every trap that's in there and every riddle that he's gonna and going to be going to solve. And he's one dude. And he's one dude, yeah. When his dad and him went in there, he had even more information. Yeah, exactly. So how do you do this without flashbacks? How do you do this so that you, do, you don't have hour and a half long planning scenes? And the, the answer is simple. Give the players the information. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It really is. Especially if those characters are supposed to be professionals mm-hmm. in any way whatsoever. Okay. Now it doesn't have to be free. You don't have to just be like, here's here's the floor plans. Do you guys need anything else? You can have them do their recon, do their research. Mm-hmm. Um bribe a few people for info uh, just skim the local rumor mill for intel on what's inside where they're trying to infiltrate mm-hmm. there's all sorts of ways that you can get this information that lean upon skills that are even outside of it. like if you're if you're in that typical sort of D and D group you've got like the one stealth character and then you might have other characters who aren't as good at stealth have them do the information gathering and
1: here's the point on top of that is they should already know the basics, right? Mm-hmm. That we, we already talked about objectives and stuff. That that should be known. So why they're getting the information is to help with the planning. Mm-hmm. Now, make it have a risk. This is where threat comes in. If they're trying to gather information about a site, that puts them at risk of being noticed that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, somebody may not come after them for that, but it does mean that a time clock may start ticking. Sure. Or a notice scale might start being recognized that maybe if they failed a couple of their checks, right, and they they know that somebody's, you know, maybe now they're noticing that there is like a team watching them Mm -hmm. when they go into certain places and stuff. So their threat level starts at a one, meaning when they get to the facility, it's already at a one. It knows that they're coming. Right, right. Right. So that puts it at a risk. They have the information, but they, they're, they're, their vector going in is a little different. Yes. You know, kind of a thing. And they're aware of that. Yes. It is blatantly aware that they know that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? I would um, say the,
0: the next step is just make sure that that information you're giving them is truthful and actionable. Exactly. You know, tell them explicitly what they need to overcome. Yep. Okay? The thing is in... You guys discover the thing is in the vault. There is, however... And uh, a retina scanner and a guard checkpoint you will have to get past to get to the vault. Period. That's it. Right there. That's the whole information. Now they will need to come up with how to bypass the retina scanner and how to bypass or, and or neutralize the guard station. But they need to know these things. You know? Um, And then they can plan around them. And what you're doing is you're... You're allowing them to be professionals because they would find this stuff out.
1: Exactly. You
0: know, your players aren't mastermind safe crackers. Nope. They don't know what to look for, Mm -mm. especially when it's all imaginary and there's nothing they can even observe with their own eyes anyways. Right. You know, tell them, you discover this. You know to look for this.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that, It's it's never a and this is the beauty of it not being a a brand new thing that's super secret and everyone died who created it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's almost never the case. Yeah. There's always someone who built it, someone who worked on it and someone else who, you know, knew that guy at a bar. Right. So information gets leaked out all kinds of different ways. Last but not least, even if they make a failed check on like how they're supposed to crack the safe they know plan b will work like hey you know that you can't you know the the combina- you know in in researching the combination system you 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 made a failure on that okay but you failed forward you know that the combination system isn't working but you do know that you can cut the combo system off it's going to take you an extra two turns mm-hmm. so the instead of gaining threat on that they just now know that it's going to take them an extra turn to get through the safe okay great so it's never a it's never a total complication failure the whole idea is is that you are just letting them do their research and adding another layer of complication to whatever their objective is what the final objective is and again every time they know what they need to do that's not a question in their mind yeah yeah so and the last thing no no no' say this I have to say this because I forgot to put it in here don't May, when you, earlier you had made the point that it has to be truthful and actionable mm-hmm. when they get to the safe and they open the safe after sending six hours don't do the movie thing of there's a note inside and it says ha 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 oh god like sorry that is not fun after five hours of gaming yep <laughs> there's nothing fun about a card that says that
0: Ah. Uh, yeah I have nothing to add to that you're correct
1: so all right stealth in the end is an encounter. So it still follows all of the encounter mechanics mm-hmm. that, we, we, that we've talked about in the past. Players need to know the stakes. So in this case, it, you know, it doesn't have to be life or death, but it does mean that uh, even if there's money or things that are going to come out for them, there's also the chance that they're risking their honor, their respect with other groups, mm-hmm. their notoriety, uh, maybe even just being recognized and having to get kicked out or go to jail, you know? So death isn't always the biggest stake there. Like sure. Death means you're done with that character, but losing your character to prison or or losing your status with a group, right? You know, if you screw this up, no one's going to want to work with you ever again. Oh, okay, well, that that pretty much ruins my job, right? Yeah. Um, Options.
0: Playing Shadowrun, your rep is everything.
1: Exactly. Options are just what they say. Players don't always come up with all of the ways to do the job you're gonna have to help present things to them so having a guide like character you know who's your shark who comes in and is just like hey you know uh guys have tried this before you know but they weren't as good as you kind of a thing um or even just different ways to handle information and or still like talking your way through it versus slugging your way through it or shooting your way through it the last piece is is the triggers. We've always talked about this. What is the trigger that's starting all these events? Why are they all... What's the hook? What's driving them to do this, right? People don't always just immediately go into a heist because of the money. Having those triggers are important because it helps the drive of the character. But other aspects still sit within, a, within Encounter, like... Knowing the players, knowing that shadows are available or certain sound levels have a difference or covers like we were talking with fate, incorporating some of those aspects that they can change Mm -hmm. environmental variables Mm -hmm. or even just like, hey, what's the weather going to be like? If your players are asking that, you could be like, well, if you wait a day or two, there's a rainstorm coming in. Yeah, it's plenty of good cover. It
0: obscures vision. It creates a lot of white noise.
1: No footprints. No footprints. Yeah. Wet ones in dry areas.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say no footprints outside, but plenty of footprints inside. But you got. Right? But they
1: know that mm-hmm. that is not something you gotcha them with, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that they have to remember to wear their rubbers. You know, kind of a thing. Um, the tension, the feeling of concern of being noticed or observed or recognized, needs to be known, right? That that confidence that they're seen or not seen. And that is an important aspect of a stealth encounter because, again, that is your indication of your health, Mm -hmm. right, Um, or that stat. But I think in the end, this concept of threat, whether, you know, and I'm just using that as a term because I think it's a very good term for what it means, is that threat builds. And threat is not always the obvious threat of the guards at the place. Mm -hmm. It is the threat of what's coming from, from the growing threat. When threat gets higher and higher, it means more and more risk. They might just call the cops. Yeah. Now you've got two problems because you're you're someplace you shouldn't be. They obviously have guards here. They're okay with that. The police know about that. Mm -hmm. They don't know why you're here, you know, sulking around. That's trespassing. Destruction of property. Those are all going to put you in jail, right? Yeah. So... Like, these are things you have to consider yourself. Plus, the people who sent you are not going to vouch for you. No. They're going to walk away from you as quickly oh, as humanly possible. Oh, that,
0: that trespasser who's trying to be an E? Uh, that was on my behalf. My bad. Sorry, me a exactly. culpa, guys. Yeah. So
1: you have to know that as the threat in, increases, that the players need to know when, when they're done. Mm. Like, when it's over, because they're just not going to be able to do another job right? Or now they've got to handle the risk that's come at them from this one thing that they tried to do. Um, when you're presenting this, we still follow some of the same things that we've we've talked about in the pack. Understanding the stakes that are involved, the options that are put in the triggers, but also understanding within the design of the actual encounter, the uh, objectives, the obstacles, and the complications. I think Deadland's helped us outline that pretty clearly the objective is what i was talking about before what is the thing that they need to do and what do they need to do it to Mm -hmm. right are they ambushing a money convoy right are they uh cracking a safe for information are they freeing a prisoner Mm -hmm. these these are all valid things that are the objective the clear objective the obstacles then become What is what are the what is the two or three major things that they have to do to achieve that? Right, they have to get past the the laser fence. Yeah, like I said,
0: the 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 MacGuffin is in the safe, but there is a retina scanner and a guard station.
1: Yep, and those are two things that have to be handled before they can deal with the actual yes. the information and getting out of there. So those are clear obstacles, and they know the cost of those obstacles, whether it's resource, time, whatever. There's nothing mysterious about those going into it. It isn't a, a questionable trap or situation like that. And then complications get added onto that, and that's they should know what those complications generally are right? Whether there is, you know, uh, machine gun, automated machine gun turrets, or whether there's, you know, mages that are around the area uh, doing magical defense, you Mm -hmm. know? These are all things that they can identify and know as complications as the threat rises. If they get noticed, these things will start looking for them more. Mm -hmm. Right? When you're running it, having them defined their approach so that they can make all of those decisions like we were talking about those prep moments yes getting the information they need let them build their successes right because really that approach is excuse me is not a is not a mechanical like on-grid movement through the shadows kind of thing
0: Right, right. We're not playing thief the dark project here. Right. You know, it's it's let them roll into it until a complication comes up. It's a planning session. It's a slow roll. It's a team effort, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think that's that's a we're, we're like one of the, the greatest places for like an ensemble cast sort of yeah. approach to this comes in, yes. you know. Um like I was mentioning earlier, you know, not everybody is going to be the quote-unquote stealthy character. Not and least. that can, when you say this is going to be a stealth scene, this is, you know, that can leave a lot of people feeling kind of left out of like oh well I'm I'm not the stealth character I'm the full plate you know fighter okay cool that doesn't mean you don't have a a, a part in this though if our approach you know is a slow roll to get one infiltrator in by using all of the other characters in our group as either distractions or um i uh, you know, maybe like a man on the inside, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. You so you've got your bard whose perception or whose uh, uh, deception role is off the chart.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. He's your man on the inside now. Sure. He's got a gigantic charisma and likes to seduce people. Cool. It's a honeypot operation. Mm-hmm. Have him go in there and schmooze the Contessa, mm-hmm. you know? And while she's doing that, she's distracted and she's not directing her guards to pay attention to the thing. Right. Right. What is the big dumb fighter in full plate going to do? He's going to buy a cup of coffee for the guards at the front desk. Mm -hmm. And he's going to walk over there and talk to them like, hey guys, yeah, I used to be a guard too, you know. Now I'm with the Fighters Guild, they pay so much better. You guys should fill out an application. What are they doing while they're talking to him? Not paying attention to the Khajiit stealthy bouncing across the rooftops. Yeah. You know? My my
1: one of my favorite ones that I and I'm trying to remember what movie it was from or, or show, but effectively, like they were getting ready to do a heist at this uh, tech facility. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the one guy's like, I don't know anything about computers or any stuff like that. So uh, you guys let me know when you need the you need me to be a wheelman or something like that. And he just you kind of walked away and they're all like, all right, yeah, whatever. They infiltrate the facility, and at one point, like one of them gets recognized in a room uh, because their pass card isn't working. And uh, one of the guards comes over, is like, "Well, I'm gonna need to see your ID, you know, and figure out what's going on. You'll need to come back to the guard station." And they get back to the guard station to like do the badge check. Mm-hmm. And looking up at the guard station is the heavy. He's like, "Can I see that badge?" And the guy's like, "Yeah." Uh, let me see. Yeah, these have been giving me problems ever since I started here about a week ago. So uh, m- maybe I just did this wrong. Hang on. Oh, my God. Oh, there that's we like, go. Now that, it's working. That should take care of it. Sorry that about that. That sounds
0: like a leverage episode. Exactly. Yeah. It
1: sounds like leverage, but at the same time, it's like you. It was a flashback that effectively that the guys was like, I spent while they were doing all of this recon stuff, I spent two weeks getting myself in to the job. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm a lowly
0: guard who does nothing but ID badges or even <laughs> just on the fly. You jump the guy who's there. You knock him out. You stuff him in a dumpster and you steal his and you steal his uniform. Yeah. So you can just be there for the next hour. I that's gave him all a break. You need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I think if you watch, like, Leverage and you watch Ocean's Mm -hmm. Eleven, you know, you'll see that a lot of these, like, stealth infiltration things aren't always, like, five people trying to sneak in. Yeah. It's usually one person trying to sneak in and four people being big distractions Mm -hmm. and infiltrators and information gatherers and, you know, I mean, even even in Ocean's Eleven, Daniel Ocean, you were talking about exposure earlier, Daniel Ocean doesn't take the role of a different person. No. He takes the role of Daniel Ocean. Yeah. Why? Because they're looking for Danny Ocean. Right. And when Danny Ocean shows up, all eyes are on him and they're like, you don't belong here. You're right. I probably don't belong here. But what are they doing Well, they're throwing him out of the casino? Paying attention to him.
1: Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> Every time. Exactly. Every time. Exactly. And that's the thing. So encourage your players uh, when they start dealing with their uh, objectives or obstacles and their complications to do what they're good at but let the dice tell the story again this isn't an adversarial role by doing by setting the objective the um, uh, the uh, obstacles and the complications you're just putting things out there for them to have to deal with mm-hmm. it's, it's not a roll off it's did they succeed great if they didn't there's a complication. Maybe the threat goes up. Maybe their notice goes up. How do they handle that? What do they do to help alleviate that or try to alleviate that? Try to take a step back from it. Yeah. And they may do different approaches. And the, the thing is, is that even when an approach is botched, right, their initial implementation is botched and threat goes up, they could still find a completely different way to use that Yeah, sure. as a distraction. Like the Danny Ocean thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing in my office? I got lost. In my casino, you got lost. Yeah, Danny. All right, guys, let's get this guy out of here. Uh-huh. Right? You know, again, that's all distraction right there. Right, right, Like, right. oh, I left my coffee in there. You didn't leave your damn coffee in there. No, I met my cufflinks. I'm sorry. It's it stumble of the freight. Can I get my cufflinks back? They fell on the carpet there. What's up with these cufflinks? And so now there's even more things going on, yep, right? Yeah, yep. But the whole point of it is, is that he is recognized. Mm-hmm. And later they're gonna they're gonna scrub his teeth down to the, the the last parts of his shoes to find where'd the money go. Right. And he's clean,
0: right. and he's clean because literally his entire function is show up, be me, get stay caught. clean.
1: Yeah. Get <laughs> caught, go to prison for a few years. You yeah. Know,
0: and then come
1: out, and he's fine. Right. But the thing is, is that sometimes you will find that that your players will find a way to work through the failure. The idea is, is that threat should rise with each of those failures. They fail maybe forward, but the idea is, is that they know that threat is a risk, that that exposure is more than just a physical risk. Mm -hmm. That cops may come, that there may be afterthoughts that happen. And it might be easier just to back out, let things cool down, come in from a different angle, try something totally new, right? That's an option. But until they understand and respect the threat, that's when things really come into play.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the last thing that I'm going to throw at this, uh, at least from my angle, I know we've got a few more things on here, but at least this is the one that sits in my head when you're really trying to get with people is don't belittle your characters, and, yeah, And for
0: me this is failure
1: doesn't automatically mean you're suck at your job.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. or this, you were too same loud. Same thing, same advice for combat where yeah. like the fighter doesn't throw their sword butterfinger style across the battlefield the moment they roll a one. Exactly. The same thing with your stealth characters. They don't automatically trip over a trash can and scream, Ah oh, crap yeah. at the top of their lungs the moment they roll a one. I, I hate
1: when somebody's picking a door and you're like, Your lock picks break. No. no, no, they don't. They don't. You paid good money for those. They didn't. But what could they're, they're happen steel. is snapping, the door know. opens and the guy behind the door stares at you, mm-hmm. locks eyes with you. That's a big enough failure
0: as it is. Yeah, right there. Now he not only noticed, but he's going to remember you. It Reminds me of my my biggest stealth mm-hmm. flaw was uh, one time we were infiltrating a camp uh, and I was playing the assassin character. Uh, Snuck all the way into the camp, made some really miraculous rolls, did it all ninja style where, like, I came in through the uh, uh, through the river breathing through a reed, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, got, got into the camp completely undetected, got the MacGuffin we were looking for, and on the way out, the storyteller asked for one more stealth roll to exfiltrate. Mm-hmm. And I botched it. Okay. Like, as hard as you could botch it in Palladium.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I know uh, the
0: feeling. And uh, so he says, okay, you poke your head out of the tent, you look left. You don't see anyone, you step out as you're looking right, and you hit a guard. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right in the chest. And I went, oh, excuse me, and stepped around him. Yeah. And the guard was like, yeah, no problem, just be more careful. Yeah. Because that's how you recover, you know, from from things like
1: that. But you've been noticed. The storyteller
0: gives you the opportunity of, like, a mess-up does not mean... You know, yeah. that everything goes to crap, and then all of a sudden all the guards are on you now, yeah. you
1: know? But but the idea is, is that that guy goes, you know, oh, excuse me. And you're like, yeah, and he's like, wait a second. Who was that? Who, but was I'm that? gone by that. Right, but the the notice is there. Yeah.
0: Now now something's in. another one, And then the next day when they're like, where'd the MacGuffin go? There's that one guard who's like, wait a minute. There was a dude. There was someone who came out of that tent. Yeah. Yeah ran into me. Yeah, you a know, little 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 wiry dude. I I couldn't pick him out of a crowd, but
1: yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And the other one that always gets me is is that when you come down the hallway and you you know, uh and a, a guard is there and he look, he eyes you up and starts rolling up his cuffs like, oh, I've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a slightly tougher guard than what you were expecting. He ain't gonna call for support, but he's <laughs> gonna kick your.
0: There's two ways we can do this, Mister Foley. Yeah, and one of those <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. But but that's the thought is is that you sometimes you have that guy who's ready. Uh, hackers love to do this where it's like you know it's like oh I'm breaking into the system. You've been noticed. Oh, okay. That means uh, the sentries. No, 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 no. Someone's countering your attacks. Oh, there's a a hack another off. hacker. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a
0: hack off or... acid burden versus crash override. Exactly.
1: So you can have those kinds of moments that definitely eat up time.
0: Yeah. Right. That you're, you've got a,
1: you know, you've got a complication. You've got somebody else. Maybe there's just another team in the system. That's mm-hmm. a, that's another thing that always gets people. You're is like, not the only crew on the job, right? Right. You <laughs> yeah. ask too many questions, and now there's another crew. You know. Yep. Yep. So those kinds of things. But the whole idea is, is that video games are so quick to belittle you that you just didn't do your job well
0: enough, and now you die. Mm-hmm. And and I I never feel that that's the right way to go. Right. No, no, no. I, I look. I, I think video games and movies have given us some really warped perceptions of how guards act. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's that's the biggest problem. We mentioned the the cascade of cock-ups earlier. Yeah, that, that, that Yahtzee talks about in, uh, uh, the the late great zero punctuation. Mm. Um, but now with uh, what is uh, is uh their new endeavor? It's a unique name that I can't think of now. Oh uh, yeah, second chance, second wind, second wind, second wind. I knew it had something Uh, to do with fart. (laughs) So what? What the the terms in reference to is the the idea that you know once you alert one guard, the entire mood changes from a stealth scene, possibly a non lethal stealth scene. Like if you're playing a good aligned character who's trying to respect human life, you know, and sneak past and or non lethally neutralize guards by choking them out or something, Mm -hmm. trank darts, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, and you get one person sees you and then suddenly they sound an alarm. Now every guard knows your location. It is now a combat scene. Everyone is using lethal force. And the only way you are ever going to escape this alive is to kill everyone. Um, no, 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 no. that's, that's a horrible way to do it. And it's not even close to like realistic. No, I know we don't, we don't use the R word around here. It's very similitude, but you Mm -hmm. know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Um, most guards are doing a job and they're bored as hell.
0: They really, they really, they really don't. Like, they don't care. Mm-mm. I used to live with someone who was a security guard. <laughs> and let me tell you, 99.9% of their job, okay, is sitting around doing nothing Mm -hmm. why because people aren't trying to break in all the time they don't have a very busy job Mm -mm. their job is to stand around in case that 0.1 percent of thing happens which happens to be your character you know the rest of it is just boring waiting for a thing that's probably never going to happen right they've got their they've got their routines they've got their their paths they know every little idiosyncrasy of the place that they're at. Yeah. Okay. They know that there's a stray alley cat that digs through the, the mm-hmm. through the trash cans, usually between three and four. a.m., They know that this door over here squeaks. They know that this alarm over here is twitchy. And, and if, a, uh, you know, an errant rat happens to run across the courtyard, it'll trip the motion sensor. So they just kind of ignore that motion sensor now. Cause it's always a false alarm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Or they have to reset a fuse because the lights go out in this area every once in a while.
0: Exactly because the up and ups don't want to spend the money to fix it. So when cleaning crew comes through and they go and start cleaning the one office, it always trips the fuse. Exactly. Or the 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 the, you know it's a complicated thing having to try to open this lock. So honestly, after three a.m., they just prop it open. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? You know. Um, Honestly, that's that's guards. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can extrapolate any and all of that to your fantasy guards and whatever setting you want. But basically guarding is a boring, stupid job for like low paying, you know, it's, it's a crap job. Yeah, it really is. So when it comes down to it, the thing you need to keep in mind is that if you get spotted or if somebody suspects that you have tripped an alarm or something like that, the first impulse of those guards is not going to be to use lethal force, and they're not going to be like, oh, you don't belong here. Well, worst case, they might get it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, lethal force is not going to be the answer. Okay. They're not paying enough to kill or be killed. Yeah. Unless they're fanatically devoted to the thing that they're guarding, like if they're a temple guard, sure, you know, and they're like a member of the religion, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But like just your average beat, you know, yeah. guard. Just... Unless they're Paul Blart, mall cop. Yeah, exactly. Who just wants to be more than what he is. Ordinarily, they're going to apprehend you. They're going to question you, and they may just eject you if mm-hmm. they find you on the premises. They may it yeah. may not even be like a, a bouncer. You know, yeah. Just, just get out. Yeah. Please. Yeah. You don't belong here. Yeah. You know? They're going to be more or less non-confrontational. At worst, like you said earlier, they call the cops. Yeah. They and, call the legitimate guards.
1: Yeah. They're they're going to be like, we've locked down the facility. We know where he is. The police mm-hmm.
0: will take care of it. That's their job. Now, the other thing, too, that you have to keep in mind is that, uh, you know, when a strange sound is made in a dark corner, they're not immediately thinking, oh, an intruder. Right. Right. They're probably thinking, it's that damn cat knocking over the trash can again. Mm -hmm. They're going to go, shoo, get out of here. Yeah. And then maybe if something else happens, or maybe if it doesn't seem like a cat, they might go over there and poke around,
2: Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm.
0: But again, it's not going to be an immediate, all alarms sound, all guards know where you are. This is now a combat scene. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay. And lastly, how do you avoid these types of exposure? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So you've alerted a guard. You knocked over your trash can. The guard is now like, maybe it isn't the cat this time. Yeah. And is now wandering your way. With a light. With a a light. Right. Okay. So you've got some options because, again, this isn't instantly going to turn into a combat Not at all. Okay. Can you sneak away? Can you find a hiding place or something like that before the guard sees you and confirms your failure, essentially? Right. Right. Um, and this is kind of where you get like your classic, like, what was that? Mm-hmm. must've been the wind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They get there and there is no apparent source for the disturbance. Right. Probably was just the cat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Back to my boring job. Yeah. Back to walking my three o'clock patrol. Exactly. Before I can get a snack. Yeah. Or go s- home. And sit down and read my book a little more, you know? Yep. 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 All right. Um, can they distract the guard away from the position? Okay, give them an opportunity to like toss a rock at the other, you know, at the other side of the courtyard. So now there's a a noise over there,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they go and inspect over there. Will you sneak away? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a way to bluff your way out of it? Mm-hmm. I love this one. As you can see, I have a clipboard. I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Okay. This is what this is what my character pulled in that thing. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. And walk around the person. You would never say, oh, excuse me, and just stroll casually away if you didn't belong there, would you? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's confidence. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: Most good social engineering (coughs) is just confidence.
0: Exactly. And then the last one, you know, and this is always an option, you can just ambush the
1: guard. But now you run the risk of other guards wondering where that guy who isn't doing his job is.
0: Right, right. Sometimes this is the die you roll when, like, your your biggest stat is fighting, Mm -hmm. you know? You take the guard down, choke him out. Sure. Like it's, it doesn't have to be like a, a you don't have to kill him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You can, you know, you can knock him out. You can waylay him, choke him out, whatever. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, what do you do with the body?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How long will he stay out? Mm-hmm. How long till he's declared missing?
1: Yeah. And one of my, uh, one of my favorite <laughs> things is like in video games, it's all about hiding the body. So nobody finds the body. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is like not seeing when a guard is supposed to check in and things becomes a bigger risk. Yeah, especially for small places. It's like people do routines like routes like this guy does this for the next 20 minutes and then I do it because our legs get tired. He didn't check back in.
0: Right. Routine. Routine is your enemy. That's the thing is that right. these guys are doing the same thing every night for three and a half years. Bob always shows up with a Snickers bar because he stops at the vending machines. Right. And he shows up at 305 or 307. Right. You know,
1: depending on if he's got exact change or is using his dollar and he has to rub it four times, you exactly, know,
0: exactly, exactly. So when at 307 rolls around into 308 and Bob isn't there with a snicker bar, right now we're starting to, where's Bob?
1: So now you're flipping through cameras. You're sending somebody who's out there to go look for it. You're, you're having to double shift. People are frustrated exactly, because now they have to do more work exactly. or they're interested because Bob's a good guy. Yeah. And like, maybe Bob had a condition. And they're yeah, like, "Oh Bob, shit! Did, is Bob okay? Did he does he have a stomach cramp and he's on the crapper? You right. know, it, so now what, they're checking what,
0: other places. What's more likely that we're getting broken into or that Bob stubbed his toe and he's yeah. you know <laughs>
1: he had another one of those atomic burritos? You know, right, right. And, and right. now we're all going to pull extra shifts and maintenance. <laughs> right, right. And the janitorial staff is going to have a bad day. But that's the thing is that you have you, know, you don't always have to think outside of that. Like work with your players. Sure, they, they might even come up with something far funnier. Absolutely, yeah." absolutely. So, but things to, but things to consider. Yeah. So the, the point of this, as it all comes down to it is, is that there are lots of ways to handle stealth. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think seeing something as, as blunt as threat and recognition and notice, keeping those in your mind frame that those are the pieces that are the risks that come into being stealthy or not. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, all right, we have some good questions. We have some really great we questions. We have lots of them, too. Yeah, we do. All right, so Kilke asks, uh, what are your tips for portraying stealth as a competency and way of seeing and interacting with the world rather than just, they crouch walk good? <laughs> I love how that's phrased. So uh, a lot
1: of systems in the way that they handle the mechanics uh, in skill sets and such like that are kind of black and white. But when it comes down to the actual character, ask your players, like, is your player a Danny Ocean? I'm obvious, but I know how everything works in the background. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I can walk my way through pretty much any situation. Right? Because I look like I belong because I know everything that needs to be here. Or am I a cat burglar? Do I do I not make sound when I walk because I wear the right shoes and I don't have clothes that make any sound? And that's just who I am. I'm just silent. Mm-hmm. You know? I, seeing Blue-Eyed Samurai and the giant guy uh, i can never remember his name uh who who is literally dead silent mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because his bro- because ever since he was born his brother hated him making noise yeah so he just learned to be super quiet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's that's fantastic those kind of moments are fantastic um but you don't just have to do physical silence being confident in a situation can sometimes be just that or just being you know uh in you know unobscured like i i could be anyone mm-hmm. in this place all you know i know well enough to walk down this corridor in my suit and when i get to this room i'm going to step in grab a grab a, a lab coat from the lock- locker grab a clipboard put a pair of glasses on pull my hair up in a bun and now i'm an I'm someone entirely different different. and I can just walk into the lab and check a few things and I know certain terms to say social chameleon. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's your stealth.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I think seeing seeing the the, the ways to to see and interact with the world rather than just, you know, crouch walking good uh, for me is is in how you as a storyteller describe things Mm -hmm. to characters um it's one thing to just describe things in a very object you know objective way but it's another when you uh start tailoring those descriptions to the professions that the characters have so you know your stealth character you can describe um how people move mm-hmm. you know oh you can you recognize this person you know, has some stealth training or is maybe an assassin because of the fluid ways that they move, the way that they roll their feet, the way that their eyes check the shadows, you know, Mm -hmm. you can see this Mm -hmm. because you know it. This is what you would be doing if you were them, Mm -hmm. you know, um, describing what is going on in the shadows, Mm -hmm. you know, where, where those, where those stealthy places are or what, various security measures might be in a in a in a particular place just because these are things that a that a character who is um part of this profession that has that um you know a stealth sort of profession would look for mm-hmm. um so yeah when you when you go in there be like yeah the door is you know is it's thick it's reinforced you notice the locking mechanism is you know x y and z cuz these are the things your character would pay attention to yeah i couldn't tell you what color the door was but i can tell you what i would need to bypass it (laughs) right
1: right um next question how might stealth be made into its own paradigm instead of being defined as an alternative to combat or social conflict resolution i.e grounds for optional stealth slash start stealthy and loudly tropes i think that's where my concept of the concept of threat comes back into play. And that is, is that threat is not physical mm-hmm. and it doesn't always amplify to violence. Yeah. It can amplify to a third party coming in like, like the police to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're taken away in cuffs because you trespassed. Sure. You know, maybe that's a night in jail and then a, a pending court case, you know, but that's, that's not death. Yeah. Right. Like, likewise, threat might also be you finish it, but they know who you are. They will come and find you. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. You got out alive and with the MacGuffin. Yeah. Next day, the goons show up at your door.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they want it back. Right. You know, or worse yet, not only do they know you did it, but someone else know you took it and they come and rob you yes because you're less secure than the other place was. right
0: right congratulations you got it out from the retina scanner and the guard station and the big you know screw you vault
1: yeah i'll be taking it now thank you now in your living room right (laughs) right yeah yeah what was it uh it would have cost me a a a full delta team and probably the loss of things plus some recognition on my side i figured it was going to be at about a million and a half I paid you just under a million for this. I think I actually made money. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to pay you at all. I'm just going to walk out the door with this and maybe leave you broken. Have a nice day. Oof. You know? And the, that's a bad guy. <laughs> like, <yep. laughs> so... That then uh, was the last one here. I'm trying to. I lost my sheet for a second. Oh, the uh, the, the third the, one.
0: The questions. Yes. Uh, what are some familiar stealth tropes we should deprogram for an improved experience at the table? I.e., familiar uh, the familiarity of Splinter Cell, Metal Gear Solid style stealth, which is gamified through slight, uh, sight lines, gadgets, stealth takedowns. Fixed routes, timers, and cooldowns. I doubt if any RPG functions uh, under those rules, especially not uh, uh, if the world go- world goes for verisimilitude. Uh, yeah, I think we kind of talked about that. Just uh, the the realism of guards and and the realism of how things are perceived. I don't think you need to gamify things on such a personal moment by moment thing of like worrying about guard sight lines and you know we, we talked earlier about how like you know imagining having a grid you know overhead map where you've got areas of light and areas of dark mapped out and then each taking your turn to move your miniature around the table and like if you accidentally step into one of the light areas it comes with some sort of a you know a penalty to it we're not board gaming and that's it's that's just sounds tedious What's the Warhammer
1: 40k game where it's small team tactics? Oh, like kill kill team, yeah, yeah, kill team, or even the other one uh, where it's like uh, where, where where you and uh, not Mordheim.
0: is it Mordheim? yeah, Mortheim, more, well, more not 40k, yeah. but
1: it's yeah, yeah, something like Mordheim where you've got these situations like th- that's a board game, yeah, that's it's literally turn based board game that's four hours to get through. A combat encounter, yeah. Moving minis and looking at sight lines, and it. And the second part about that, and this is the one that gets me. It's not doesn't have to be adversarial. It's a story. Mm-hmm. You're not against your players. Yeah. I think that should be deprogrammed first.
0: Yes. I think I've done some of my best sell scenes recently when we switched over to Savage Worlds because Savage Worlds really helped me break out of the adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. And really start being becoming a fan of my players, and yeah. we've had some really bang and stealth scenes where the two <laughs> the the two assassins in our mm-hmm. group, um, have done some amazing stuff. Yeah, um, some amazing second story work, and uh, uh, they had a blast doing it, mm-hmm. and they never ran into any problems, and they got a bun- they stole a bunch of inform- information, and they got out scot free, and. Mm-hmm. Everybody was happy. Why? Because they rolled well and they planned well. Yeah. And that's what the characters do. I'm not going to, you know, oh, you snuck in and now I have to throw a bunch of guards at you because surprise. No, no, they're professionals. Yeah. And they did a good job and they planned well for it and they rolled high. So, yeah, they win. Of course yeah. they win. Yeah. Why wouldn't they win? Exactly. And you know what? It felt good for them. Hmm. And so it should. Uh, yeah, I think... I, I, The, the big, the biggest thing is make it a scene, Mm -hmm. keep the story moving. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need the same way. I don't think you need to focus on the minutia of like every last little action in a combat scene of like, it's one of the reasons why like dungeons and dragons combat kind of annoys me Mm -hmm. because it, it's such a slow slog of a series of complicated actions, one person at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's possibly, what, ten different enemies out there at a time. You know, if if your DM is rolling a bunch of, bunch of low levels, you know, at you. Mm-hmm. And it just takes forever. And it just drags. Yep. I don't want my scenes to drag. Nope. Why am I going to worry about what the movement and sight lines of every last guard in the... Nobody cares. Yep. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody's got time for that. Yeah.
1: All right. GM Bend asks, do you have a favorite system for stealth? I do now. You do? <laughs> I do <laughs> now, know. yeah. While most systems have mechanics for being sneaky, uh, the way they implement them and reward you can get pretty significant. I agree. I I now have a system that I like. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend uh, going out there, uh, taking a look at the link that's on our Discord um, for uh, Black Seven. Mm-hmm. It's free. Go look. It's worth it. Um, there were some examples that had been through in here, but I'm gonna straight up say. It's my favorite right now. I think my second on that would be uh, Blades in the Dark does a great job because it is more heist related. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it it moves away from this is a board game. Mm -hmm. And any time that I can move away from this is a board game and let my players describe things based upon how the roles come through and what they want to do and then complications can come off of that. Mm -hmm. It makes the game move. Yeah, it it yeah. puts less burden on me as the storyteller to move all of the pieces.
0: So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I think um like you said, Blades in the Dark, I think uh uh does does a real good job of it because as as Ben notes here in his sort of a, his examples um he says that it eventually it essentially tosses out stealth mm-hmm. altogether because it's just part of your normal action. Yeah, of course you're stealthy. You're a burglar. But what really matters is, you right, know, and it focuses on those things, correct, right, correct. and it just assumes you're not going to be seen because that's what you do, yeah. Um, uh, I I have actually really liked the the idea of uh, any system, um, two D twenty system, the mm-hmm. Fate system, uh, Cortex Prime did this, uh, where you have aspects, yeah, um, because so. I think. I think the the idea is uh less don't be seen and more um making sure that the the deck is stacked in your favor or mm-hmm. so severely against um your pursuers favor mm-hmm. that uh it creates such an advantage for you. Right. Um because it makes you think about those instead of just like stealth roll. Like you in D&D you're just like okay I'm going to stealth. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: I don't need to describe anything else about it. It's just, I'm going to stealth. Yeah. Well, how are you going to stealth? How am I going <sighs> to stealth? Doesn't matter. I'm going to roll this d20, and it's going to tell you that I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Whereas in a system like that, you you, you do kind of have to interact with the world a lot more, where you're like... We're going to create a darkness aspect on the mm-hmm. scene. We're going to create a, you know, the the rain is going to act as white noise for me. So that's going to be a beneficial aspect. I'm going to make sure that I'm sneaking in a route that puts me behind a bunch of boxes. So heavily obscured is going to be an aspect, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now anybody who tries to look at me is minus six to their roll. Mm-hmm. And they have to get above a 12.
1: Yep. You know,
0: exactly. so good good luck. Yep. No, I like it. Uh, I like those, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Nevim asks, um, how, to, how do you present stealth narratively, uh, engaging, and inspiring for the players?
1: Okay, so reading through all this stuff, I got the general feeling that presentation of, to your players of as much information and letting them be part of the gathering, right? When you present them with a location... An objective and they start asking for things. They're drawing the world, like what they're looking at. They're, they're moving their, their, their mind's eye to what they want to see. And you're just filling in the gaps with mm-hmm. them. And that's the, that's how you continue to inspire is because as you're basically just helping them with, you know, coloring their mind's eye, the black and white spots of their mind's eye that they're putting out there. Yeah. So this is particularly because of the way that uh, that stealth works, the, the fact that you're infiltrating or the fact that you're tailing, you're presenting some very light information and then they're going to ask a lot of questions. And those questions present the world and keep them engaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So really your your work effort is filling in the blanks yeah. And then creating with them their complications as they arise. Yeah. If all I'm saying is, and scenes can be as simple as you are following a guy back to his lab to interrogate him. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. But if he notices you, he's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. That's it. But we we now know. Okay. What are the two things he has? Uh, he has a. Uh, a a news person who's also trying to get uh, a story on him. So that's one complication that you have to deal with. They have to be taken care of. And what's the second one? Um, The second one, uh, second complication is uh, you uh, don't, uh, let's see, that would be a good one for a second complication. Uh, You know that the location where he uh, last was at was highly secure. So he had like a a padlock or he had something more than a padlock on his door, maybe an electronic lock of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to have to manage that. Okay. Or disable it in some way. So not only are you going to have to, before you can even uh, capture him, you're going to do that. That's all I have to lay out. Everything else is going to be questions from the players to engage that moment. Yeah. And that's the key is, is that it creates engagement versus here's a room full of bad guys and trappy things Go ahead.
0: Yeah, now now move through it like it's some sort of shifting what, maze. What am
1: I doing here? Yeah. Oh, you have to find something. Great. So I'm going to have to do a whole bunch of perception checks until I find it? Mm-hmm. That's no fun. Yeah. That's no fun. Yeah. If I know it's hidden in a certain barrel that's marked, okay, that's a little bit better. But, like, shouldn't I know roughly where it's going to be? Because mm-hmm. I did some research? Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing is, is that the more information they have, the more they can engage in the story as players. And that's, I think, where it comes into. That's where you're going to get the most pay for that.
0: Yep. Give your players truthful and actionable information and allow them to act on it. All right. Uh, so the Mad Elf asks, uh, stealthy actions are one of those things which are often seen uh, as make or break. If you fail a stealth check against the guards, they are alerted, you are noticed, you failed to escape, etc. How do you take stealth actions and build extended actions scene, or, or scenes around them without failure leading to a complete breakdown of the action? And I think we, we talked extensively mm-hmm. about this. We did. Where um, I, you, I don't think you ever actually fully detailed what the whole threat system was. So like threat zero is essentially your status quo. Like you're completely undetected. Nobody knows anything about about you. There, right? sure. Yep. Okay. So threat one is they think maybe something's up. Yeah, and and, and they're they're going to be looking a little extra hard. But nobody has seen you. They don't know they've been infiltrated. It, there's just this. This is the was that that damn cat again? Sure. Moment. That's or, a Or one. even
1: there might be like the guards may have been put on alert that. Mm-hmm. We might be having some. We've had some recent break in attempts.
0: Yeah. So just be just be extra spicy tonight. Sure. Like, okay. Cool. Um, threat two is they have noticed something is up, but you have not been seen. Correct. Okay. So they f- maybe they find the they they find guard Bob that you knocked out and stashed in a dumpster. Right. Okay. He doesn't know what hit him. He can't identify you, but you know, and he's maybe he's even still unconscious. Right. They know something is up. But they can't tell where you are. They don't know who you are. Yeah. And depending on what the situation is, they might not still know that anyone's there, but they know an
1: event has occurred. Yeah. something's out of
0: the ordinary and now we're on kind of. Did Fred
1: knock out Bob because he didn't like him? And now we have an internal HR issue, you know. Right. Right. Like what's really
0: going on here? Uh and then 3 is where you have actually been um you've been seen but you have not been identified you've been noticed you've been noticed so
1: so it is now an event you have been noticed th- there things are reacting to you mm-hmm. being there specifically yes Uh, anything above that is you are either recognized uh you are you're actively being thwarted um Either way, the jig is up until they're comfortable again. Mm -hmm. And they're being the everyone that's the everything involved in the scene.
0: Right, right. And
1: that's oftentimes getting back from a threat five is pretty much impossible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because not only have you been noticed, but you've been you've been recognized. Right. Like they don't know that there's it's not just we know there's an intruder here. We know James Bond is here. Possibly.
1: And that's the thing is, is that uh, even at that threat level, it's it's recognizable that someone has recognized you. Maybe not all the guards know your name or anything like that, but the threat is recognized. Right, right, What right, is right. going on has been identified. Yes, yes. So and they're going to handle that situation in such a way that the jig is up. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so I I think you know first off identifying threat in in. That's sort of a a thing rather than just a pass fail mechanic of oh you failed one stealth check now all the guards want to kill you mm-hmm. um, is your first step to building it into an extended encounter yeah um, I think you know personally uh, like I I run Savage Worlds as my main game right um, I think you know on those on those stealth mess ups you would start asking questions of your player then of like what, how do you want to handle this situation. Which is potentially leading to a complication. Yeah. You know, can you recover from it? Because the answer might be yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think one failure should put you in, you know, in, in the can. Right. And know? the other thing is that with threat, you can also alter the scale. Like, that is not an absolute scale. Yeah. You can
1: also say that, like, at threat level three, they're just going to call the police and say something's up. Mm-hmm. So now you've got three turns until the police show up. Right. Right. Or until they call the police. Right. And and that's the thing is is that it's also must threat must always be obvious mm-hmm. It should never be, oh, you're at threat level one. Well, what's that? You don't know until you get to threat level two. You know, no, no, <laughs> right. they know what the risks are, yeah, yeah, what the triggers are going to be because they've planned mm-hmm. right, you know. Well, what's what's going to happen? All right. So we get in there. If we get recognized, maybe they just throw us out. But if we start causing problems, they're going to call the police. and We're going to deal with them, too. All right. Well, how long till they call the police? Well, policy says that if they find someone, they're going to call the police unless they well, unless they find a body. Or unless something triggers one of the alarms, mm-hmm. okay, and that's definitely going to call call the guards in, and they're going to call the police immediately. Okay, well that's going to cause a risk. So paint like those scenarios should be painted out so that the players are fully aware of what the rising threat really means. Right. Right. Like right. now, in, instead of you being able to exfil, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like they're on you. Yeah. Your chances of exfilling just increase your threat because you're going to have to do it
0: obviously. Yep. Which is even worse. Crashing out of a third story window into the pool below, you know, right. sort of and, stuff.
1: And in having chase not only by those guards, but also the police yep. who have radios yep. and exist outside of the facility. Yep. You know, those kind of situations. Um, th- Those are the, you know, and, and to extrapolate that into, into a fantasy realm, maybe there are other threats outside the facility that they're quite okay with pushing on you.
0: Oh, shit. Hellhounds. Exactly. Like, Harry, nope. what have I told you about swearing? Sorry, Michael. Heckhounds. Oh, hounds. shit. Heckhounds. Heck <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. laughs>
1: Love those moments. So the, think about threat. Think about your levels of threat, making sure those things are obvious. I think that's really what you can do to build an extended scene. Because a scene can very easily transition from we're doing well to we're being chased. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to shake that chase off? How long is lay low m- mean? Yeah. Where do you lay low? How do you lay low? How do you how do you get rid of threat? Right, right. So, that's All right. a show.
0: I think that's a show. Kind of got, our, uh,
1: I'm going to say it, it's kind of our last full show next to our end of year wrap-up. Yeah, yeah. Because normally at this point we have to prepare for next week
0: to write our next show. Yeah, and we we'll still, don't... We'll still jot down some... I uh, mean... Some, Topic, discussion topics, but it ain't gonna be a... No. It ain't gonna be a three-hour long, you know, discussion... But now we have... Session. The,
1: the three-hour long research session
0: is next year. Oh, God, <laughs> we gotta come up with shows for next year. Yeah, yeah so
1: yeah we're bad we're really bad storytellers in that so sense.
0: next year next next year's topic next week's topic is our end of the year review for uh for twenty twenty three um so we're gonna just kind of take a look back on uh the different shows we did different system spotlights we did uh experiences we had at our games and our tables mm-hmm. um and uh kind of looking forward to 2024 as well like what our what our comp plans are there and and whatnot yeah um but we'd also love to uh, love to, to 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 hear from you guys. Like yeah. we mentioned earlier, um, we're gonna have live chat open on the Discord. If you ever wanted to talk with the storytellers on this show, um, now's your chance to do it. We're gonna open that up. You, you don't even have to stick around on the Discord. Just join, st- hang out in the live chat, and then you can leave right away. Um, 7 p.m. Eastern time on mixlr.com/slash yep. storyteller dash conclave is where we're broadcasting live yeah and you can listen to us there and disc- uh, talk with us live on the air
1: yeah i've actually gonna have the uh the live chat from mixlr as well in case you don't want to join the discard if you click the link to listen to us live there there is a chat window there we usually don't watch that but we'll make sure that that's available so that we can see who's chatting out there with us yeah so. absolutely
0: absolutely all right uh, all right well you can find us on twitter at st underscore conclave on instagram at st underscore conclave listen to us live every wednesday night 7 p.m eastern time on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave and uh, like we just said join us up on our discord uh you can find that link on our twitter as well as our website storyteller we'd like
1: to thank our patreon members who support us every single month especially our named members knocks in the box subjets uh the arcane asylum veteran Huluvoo, sam sean and sparkle motion we appreciate all your support our pre-show music is by arcane anthems you can find them at patreon.com slash arcane anthems or on instagram at arcane anthems our intro music is beyond the warriors by Geefrog. you can find them at Geefrog.bandcamp.com or on youtube music and our outro music which you're hearing right now is only our footprints in the sand by meteor machine you can find them at freemusicarchive.org
0: and a big shout out as always to our families vicky and sean thank you so much for thank loving you. and supporting us all of our fam- or all of our friends who have sat at our <laughs> tables over these years to give these great stories to share with you and you every single one of our listeners we love you guys so much happy, you Yul. happy Yul. 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 Good
1: night. good night